G'day legends and welcome to the Southern Get Under podcast. I'm your host Jared and there's only the two of us tonight. It's me and Sean. How are you Sean? Going well, yeah. Going pretty good. I was out uh, into the, up the hills the other day, seen some farms, seen some countries. Uh, there's a, a pony over there and speaking to the farmer and he said, oh, I think he's got a sore throat. I said, how do you know that? He goes, oh, he's a little horse. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had some feedback on these jokes during the week on like people saying your jokes, shocking, Liam's <laughs> joke, shaking their head, how I'd normally keep a straight face. And I just couldn't even keep a straight face on that one then. So uh, good fun. Anyway, other than that, it's uh, what a time to be a Celtic fan. Goals galore on the weekend. They're just flying in. It's uh, as the name of the podcast is, it's rain and goals. 5-0 on the weekend against Kilmarnock. So we'll talk about that game during the podcast. We're also going to talk about the um, the new rumoured TV deal that's apparently signed. Got some bad news on uh, Burnaby getting arrested for drink driving, so we'll touch on that. And then we've got Twitter Q&A a bit later. We've got some questions from both Twitter and then also on our YouTube channel. Preview the game against Hearts on the weekend. And then, um, yeah, might be a few other tangents we go off on. So... What we'll do, Sean, is I'll throw to you. I'll go through the um the starting lineup for the game against Killy, and then I'll let you give your overall thoughts about it and duck into it with some good depth there. So Harding goals, Juranovic, Jens, Carter Vickers, Taylor, McGregor, O'Reilly, Turnbull, Jota, Maeda, Kyogo. Yeah, it was business as usual for the starting eleven. I was a bit surprised. I thought Abada and Giacomacus had probably done enough to give themselves a shout, and if there had been a midweek game, they would have been definitely starting one of those. Uh, and, yeah, but shows what we know. Uh, since, what, seven minutes in, and uh, Kyogo and Maeda combined to sc- open the scoring. And it, it was, to be honest, even though it was like six minutes in, I'd written down a note, like three minutes in, saying that, that kill at the Kilmarnock right-back was a liability. Uh, and that's where the first goal came from. And I actually felt like we kind of let him off the hook a bit. Uh, Maeda didn't really get at him as much as he could have been got at. Uh, I thought that guy was a bomb scare. Uh, it's like Effie Ambrose reincarnate. It's kind of funny you're saying about how quick that first goal was. I actually missed it. There was one... Do you, know, do you, you missed it because it was that fast. Do you know what you missed as well then? One minute 30 into the... So I've got this thing, right, about foul throws where I get really pissed off about how professional refs just let foul throws go yeah. like there was one one minute 30 into the game and that boy at right back takes a foul throw and you're supposed to have two feet on the ground and his back foot was literally higher than his arse so there's a whole thing right oh like you know, you, you left your foot a couple of centimeters it's technically a foul throw but you kind of ignore it but this guy's foot was like he was honestly like a t-shape he was so far up his foot and then there was another one later with a long throw two feet on the pitch which pisses me off because we've had a few goals from that in the past yeah, so what happened for me was I'm turning the game on, I'm trying to log in, and password reset required. Oh. So I'd go through all that process, get on, and then right when I've logged in and I'm clicking on it to go to the, the live stream, I get the notification from Celtic on Twitter, go to Kyogo, and I'm like, of course, any other week I turn it on, there's nothing until like 20, 30 minutes or whatever, and then that happens. Had to ha- had to be the way, but mm. oh, well, I've still got four more goals to see live, so happy days. And the four that yeah. we saw were, my opinion, better than that one anyway. So, um, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, you're saying about their right back being a bit of a uh, 
a bomb scare. That's kind of, you know, he kind of reminded me the way of, you know, how how out of his depth Rolston used to look against, say, Barcelona and PSG in Europe. It was kind of like, it gave me that sort of vibes of, yeah, he looked a little a little overawed and a little out of depth. But um, they had a couple of players there that I thought were all right, but nothing, mm-hmm. to, nothing to crow home about. Lafferty's a prick as per usual. Everyone's <laughs> seen the meme going around. Oh, my but God. I, yeah, That's overall, so I just wanted to go through some stats before we can talk about the goals, focus on a few players, the usual. So this is, this is the one I liked. Somehow, Killy had 12 shots. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. I didn't think so either. Only three were on target. So there was a whole bunch of times where they were taking shots. I went and rewatched the game on, what was it, Monday or Monday or Tuesday, where he watched it. And, yeah, there was a period after the first goal where they had like three or four shots <laughs> and they barely even went inside the six-yard box as they went across the goal line, but they technically counted shots. Right. So I was like, okay, that was strange. But, yeah, for us, 20 shots, 11 on target, 74% possession. Passing accuracy was amazing. 18 fouls to them. <coughs> on- Sorry. And, um, yeah, so it was, statistically, it was dominant. Now, I wasn't expecting us to be that dominant statistically, possession-wise. Our pass accuracy was 83%, so that seems about right, considering the plastic pitch. It's a bit of a dip on the last couple of games overall. But, yeah, I was just like, I wasn't expecting it to be as good because of the plastic pitch. And there was that one where Juranovic ripped the, ripped the ball off their keeper in the second half. And he slipped over. And if he hadn't have slipped, it would have been a goal because he would have got it squared up to, I think it was Jack Amakis and put it in. So, mm. yeah, there was, you see, pretty much any time someone come on, the first two or three times they try to change direction, they'd slip. Then they'd adjust and they'd get on with it. So, yeah, not a fan of plastic pitches. Get rid of them. Yeah, Greg Taylor made it look like it didn't matter when he set up that first goal, didn't he? That threw ball. That <laughs> was him coming home, though. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's what I was. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? He knows that pitch. Do you know? He was. So if if it wasn't for Jota's goal, Greg Taylor's the man in the match. Do you know what I mean? Like he had a great game. He was defending, like dribbling, uh, through balls, crosses, everything. He was, well, a couple of crosses went a bit over long, but apart from that, he had a really, really strong game. Greg Taylor still is my man of the match. Yeah, even with that Jota goal. Yeah, because. Okay, Jota's goal was great, don't get me wrong, but over a 90-minute performance that Taylor put in, I'll, I would rather go to that than Jota. Yes, he had a blinding goal, had a few shots, had some tricks, whatever, but our whole front five or six was clicking. So he was only able to perform at the level he performed at because of the overall work made is put in with a couple of assists. Kyogo's running to stretch the defence. There was a couple of those diagonal balls I've been talking about that went over to... So after Jota's goal, there was pretty much straight after it, he had another shot where the diagonal ball went to him and he got in. And if he squared it up, made a wide open at the penalty spot just That's to right. tap it in. So yeah, I remember that, yeah. all of his work, yes, that goal was amazing, but he put the ball up. We then won it. Maeda got the ball back, then got it to him. And he's, as soon as he hit it, wasn't missing. Like I'm like, that's going in. So it was off the boot. I'm like, I was expecting the, the I was expecting a goal, but yeah, I'm just looking at it going, 
Jota was great, but I think overall, over a 90-minute performance, Taylor, for me, would have been the best the best player on the pitch. Not by a lot, but still, I'll give him credit where it's due. Yeah. I'm not sure if you caught it in the rewatch, uh, the replay, when you watched it back, but there was um, something that's been kind of lost in the noise. It was like three minutes in. We had a, a pretty solid penalty shoot. Uh, where we played the quick free kick. Do you remember that? Didn't see it because I had no no coverage. Okay. So well, what happened anyway was like three minutes. Nah, I know what you're, I know you're talking about from the re- yeah. when I watched the replay, but yeah. Even when I watched the replay, it's like the cameras, like it's so fast and unexpected that even the cameras don't pick it up. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't even tell, but it kind of, you know, my, my first viewing and second viewing, well, my first viewing was that's a penalty and then the second and third replays don't really illuminate it anymore. But again, when you win 5 0, these things just kind of get lost in the wash. Train. I think it was uh, the same boy right back. What was his name? Or uh, I'm just finding it here. Ab- Ale- Ale Bioso or something like that. Ale Bioso. He was at, apparently used to play for Arsenal. There you go. That doesn't. <sighs> okay. There you go. Made Premier League. He's actually played. That's said he's actually scored a goal. I don't know. Premier League 2. But yeah. The guy was at Arsenal, uh, second team. He, yeah. But yeah, it looked like a penalty to me. Uh, but yeah, there was oh man, there was so much. We you know, like, it's good that these things get lost in the wash. It's good that we're not talking about the ref. It's good that we're talking about five brilliant goals. And the game was that it was probably it was tight even at one 0 Do you know what I mean Kilmarnock until two 0 It was a tight game. And when you've got that quality to score those two goals, you know the first goal is quality, obviously, and the second goal is quality for a different reason. Even though uh, the Kilmarnock goalkeeper probably should be doing better but when you can commentator <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but when you can score when you can break a team down with a bit of quality then the game opens up at that point it's a different story where if it's still now now after half an hour and we're starting to get frustrated and Kilmarnock are kicking the ball away and time wasting which they were trying to do even at one now um but I'm trying to do it we, at three now yeah, that's true. But yeah, like it, it just becomes more amplified and magnified if uh, if it, we are having scores at that point, you know? Yeah. So goals really relieve that pressure and takes away that weapon from Kamarnock. Yeah, because as we're talking about, normally it's a low block and Derek McInnes' teams tend to be pretty well drilled in that. So we either have a really close, you know, low scoring 1-0 or 2-1 or something and it's last minute you, you score to get ahead or whatever. Or we absolutely pants his teams. Mm-hmm. We've done it numerous times. There's not really a middle ground where it's like a, a comfortable 2 0. We don't really get those games against his team. So I'm glad we scored early. That um opened up the, the game a bit. And um yeah, yet again, five five different goal scorers. Have we ever won have we ever won five now on plastic before? I don't think so. Because we beat I know we beat Kelly by six when we won the league, but that was on grass. And then we beat them 5-2 in the plastic, I think, when Samara scored a hat-trick. I think that was on plastic. But I don't remember us ever running 5-0 on plastic before. Uh, some plastic pitches. I highly doubt it. But I'm sure someone in the comments will let us know mm-hmm. uh, when they're listening in. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll not worry about that. But a couple of players I want to focus on quickly before we get onto a few other things on the pod. What was we talked about Taylor? I reckon that's probably got to be the most cruisy day at the office Joe Hart has had in his career, in his Celtic career. 
So you can't really say anything there. Now, the partnership that's being built up between Moritz Jens and Carter Vickers, two games in, and, you know, it's starting to look, seeing some good signs there. Now, for you, this is one ties into one of the Twitter questions later, so I, I won't go there now, but I just wanted to say that looks like a good pairing that's starting to settle there with Jens. Did he go? He went off hurt, didn't he? Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. I don't know. I haven't so heard any information heard about like that yet. No, I've not heard anything. Okay, that was one thing. And another thing is I was, because the game was on Sunday, right? And Bernabe gets arrested for drink driving on the Saturday. Was it? That's Was it? Saturday that's morning? Uh, Sunday morning? Was it Sunday or was it Saturday? Ooh, um, I only heard about it yesterday, so I don't know when it actually happened. Yeah, I'm just looking that up now. So, no, this is on a night out. Uh, yesterday morning. Okay, so it was on. So it wasn't. So it was after the game. I was actually sitting there at one point. It was about 15 minutes ago, and I'm like, before Jamesy come on, I'm like, Taylor's played really well, but I want to see Bernabe get him on, get him 15 minutes, see what we've got there. So mm-hmm. um, that was one that I was a little. I'd like to see him get a game. If we get to that situation again. I know Ange just doesn't hand out games willy-nilly to anyone. You've got to earn your spot, and Bernabe's probably still, you know, trying to acclimatise to the league and the standards, get his fitness where it needs to be, blah, 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 all that stuff. But he's one I would have liked to see as well. I think as well the injury at the end, as you uh, probably, because normally we do substitute one of the fullbacks at some point, usually yeah. for Ralston. Uh, but I think the having to replace Jens probably stop that from happening. Yeah, fair enough. Any other players you want to focus on? Mm, it was Moy was interesting because he played in the number six role when he came on. And look, the substitutes did change the game because they brought a freshness um, and maybe just a kind of different challenge for Kilmarnock. Um, but I actually thought Moy was pretty slow. With like his, Everyone's like, yeah whatever, 90-something percent pass accuracy, I don't know, whatever. But like he, I actually thought he didn't really show any urgency and he was kind of slowing the game down and I'm more you know, interested. Him and to... did that when they came on, both of them. Exactly. It was those two together. It wasn't mm-hmm. just Moy, it wasn't just Starfelt, it was the two when they both came on. They both did the same thing. Was They were just, just rather than looking for that incisive pass forward, they were too happy to just pass to the other centre-back or pass the ball out to the winger or whatever. And I remembered something that Moy used to get called over here when he was playing at Melbourne City because he would have these crazy passing stats. He'd have over 100 passes in some games and he'd just be, they called him the regulator because the ball would just come to him. If he didn't like it, he'd kick it out to another side. Then the ball would come back to him. Then he'd look for the next pass. And he'd just keep recycling the ball, moving it, moving it, moving it. And I saw that on the weekend and I was like, yeah, that's that's Melbourne City, Aaron Moy, not Huddersfield, Aaron Moy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's different from when Callum McGregor's playing that number six. Fair enough, Callum McGregor's actually been pretty quiet in the number six in recent weeks, but it was games last year where when we needed them to, he would just grab the game by the scuff of the neck and just drive forward with it, you know, and you, I don't really, I mean, it's small sample size, but obviously at the weekend we didn't see that from Adam Moy, and as you said, Starfield was the other one that was really slowing the pace. They were just taking the safe option, and even... Even when they had it at feet, they were just ponderous. Do you know what I mean? There was no real dare or 
intrigue from them. And uh, maybe that's to do with being out injured and not getting a lot of game time, not being match sharp. But we'd hope that's not either something that improves or something that they that holds them out of the team. All right. So now we're going to go through the goals just quickly because why not? So you, you've touched on the Kyogo one first up. So I'll look at that and go, that was good team football. Go pass, 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 bang, done. Good movement, good running, simple, simple football. Love it. Happy days. Jota, yep. second goal. It's from another world. Um, yeah, as I said before, when he starts like running, takes a hit, getting ready, he's lining it up, and you're like, yeah, this is in. It wasn't like Brian Christie lining up something like that, and you go, yeah, the ball's going to be on the roof. I don't know. I just had this feeling about Jota as he was lining that up, getting ready to hit it. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be in. And you've touched <laughs> on the keeper. Yeah, he probably should have done better. But I don't really care who was in goal. That, to mm-hmm. me, that was going in. Uh, yeah, and that goalkeeper was in the SPFL team of the week. Yeah. You can say it's <laughs> because of his fantasy ranking or something like that. The, or, the only Celtic player that was in it was Greg Taylor. There was nothing else. There was three Rangers guys in there and there was that bloke in. And I had a look at it and then I went on the comments and I'm reading them. And the funny thing is, why did that bloke get in the in the team of the week? Do you know why? Because the fan voted thing on the BBC website or, or whatever it is. Was it? Apparently it's a, it's a fan vote. Fan vote. The one I was looking at. And there was all these comments. Looks like the Celtic fans are thanking this keeper for leaking five. <laughs> It looks like we're all, all our guys over there were taking the piss out of him by voting him in. Sounds a bit right, actually. Then you got the third goal, Moritz Fair finish. Uh, What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was impressive, wasn't it? It was uh, one of those ones where he's just just a kind of instinctive thing to do. He's, you know, it's not pre-planned like the later one by Jack and Mac is like it. Ball's at a height, his body's in a certain position and all he's just swung the leg at it and he's just connected perfectly and got it in the right spot. Nothing the keeper can do. It's just a good finish. The funny thing with that is just his reaction after. Like, he's just pissing himself laughing. He's not really even like, you know, you just look at it and it's like, he knows he, 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 as you said, just swing the boot and just get it on target and see what happens. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, his reaction gave it all like, yeah, that was a fluky goal, but... (laughs) Happy days. And then you've got the fourth one. Your mate. Number four with the four. And Carl Starfelt. He has two. Does he have does he have a left foot? Do you score the <laughs> left foot? Come on, Sean. Come on. Absolutely. Uh, no, no comment. <laughs> yeah, Starfelt oh, like, with the left foot. What was it? What was he three yards out? And it took him two bites at it to score. Yeah. So him with the right. Out with the left, yeah, in with the left. Yep. Did you see the attempts in there for us to score that goal too? Because it was like Kyogo with the flick on. Then there was another, like a bit of a shot on target or something that deflected. Then Starfell get the first shot on to get the second shot in. Did you see the the picture on the Celtic FC Twitter? And it was like uh, Jota's like, like it's just like absolute shock on his face because uh, Starfell scored. (laughs) So Jota agrees with me. I've got a comment on that, but on that picture there, but I'm not going to say it because you know uh, we'll probably get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, then the the fifth one, Jackamacus. That was 
pure class. Like the ball's high. See how much time he's got. It's coming down. He lines it all up and he's like, got to get it on goal. But what do you want to do? You want to get the ball and get it into the ground. And he puts it through the keeper's legs. Like that's just class finish. Mm-hmm. When when the ball the ball's in there for so long, when it's happening, I'm like, that's quite high. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, he's thinking about an overhead kicking this. And I'm like, where's the defenders? There's no defenders near him. And like, I've got time to think about all this before the ball even gets down to him and he executes yeah. it. Like, that's how long it was. I'm like, how's he had so much time to do that in so much space? But anyway, he did and he executed it perfectly. And yeah. I love, the, um, I love a comment on that. I saw, can't remember where it was. Someone's coming. He was offside when he was offside originally. Yeah, he may have been. But then as soon as the defender headers the ball up high into the air to clear it, uh, that puts him back on side. So <laughs> shut it and know the rules. <laughs> yep, that's correct. Yeah, so it's real basic stuff there. So we've touched on it earlier. I may as well just jump to this one now. Bernabe, drink driving. Now, reason we're bringing it up is I don't want to sound like we're giving the guy a kicking or anything like that, right? We've all been young, we've been out, you know, got drunk, done done silly shit, you know. We've all been there, done that sort of thing. My issue is it's drinking and driving. It's just a no, a no-go. So that's he's gonna cop an absolute hammering for that in the court of public opinion, and also within the club, he's gonna to be told in no uncertain terms never to do that again. He's gonna cop it. Now the court of public opinions. This is why I brought it up. If you go on Twitter and look up the comments, it is toxic as all all hell on there. People saying, "Oh, that's the end of his Celtic career. Get rid. He's not. There's no blah blah blah. All these sort of comments just berating the guy. He's 21 years old. He's made a mistake. Okay. These same people two years ago would have been like, "Oh, I'll give Lee Griffiths another chance." What's the mm. difference here? At the end of the day, he's a young kid. He's made a mistake. If he does the same thing again in three months' time or six months' time and he hasn't learned from it, then it's an issue. If it's a mm-hmm. one-off mistake and he learns from it, okay, show us that you're better than that. Yeah, there's oh, there's definitely a lot of sports professionals and athletes out there that have done a lot worse things and got... Um, the guy down last year in England who kicked a cat. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he's still still earning a lot of money. Um, there was actually quite a funny Twitter one. He got whacked in the face with a ball uh, a week or two ago, and somebody had caught it and put it on Twitter and said, "That's for the cat" or something. Like it, was, <laughs> it was quite a funny one. But yeah, there's definitely like I mean, if you look at the NFL, it's absolutely littered with domestic violence and things like that from the athletes. Um, if you know, if anyone knows. We played against Lafferty on the weekend. That says it all. Mm. Deshaun Watson is up uh, in the NFL. He's got like 21 cases of sexual assault or something up against them, or 21 different women, and he got paid $250 million. So, look, these things do wash off, and Bernabe, and I'm not saying, oh, I'm not dismissing what he's done. Like, he deserves to be punished, and he will be. I doubt he won't be on the bench this weekend, and... I'd, I'd say we won't see him for a few weeks at least. Um, but yeah, as you say, as a young man, he's made them, he's done something stupid. There, 
and there's probably a bit more context to be added before anyone can really say what punishment he does deserve. Um, but yeah, I'd trust Postacoglu to deal with that in the correct way. Yep. Yeah, another bit of news. We'll leave that one there because there's no point just going on about it. But another thing I want to bring up was there's talk of current TV deal being extended. Shouldn't have scoffed me dinner before jumping on here because, you know, <laughs> it's really doing me, doing me throat in a bit of an issue at the moment. But sorry about that, everyone listening. Um, yeah, so apparently the current TV deal was five-year, £125 million, pounds, so £25 million pound a year. And you get like 46 odd games or whatever per season. Now, rumors are a new one is going to work out as 30 million a season going forward. I don't know how long it's for, but mm-hmm. to me, it's massively undersold. Undersold, like the Norwegian League, for instance, I've got a list here of the current the TV deals across, across Europe, right? So, if I can get this to not rotate weird, that'd be helpful. Yeah, so if we go through it, you've got I think it's the the Russian Premier League is twenty two point eight million, the Swiss League is twenty five point four million, the Austrian Bundesliga twenty four uh, twenty eight point four million. Uh, I think that's Romanian League is twenty nine point six million. Then there's a Scottish League at thirty. So just to go through it. You've got all the Scandinavian ones. Norwegian League gets sixty-one point seven million per season. The Eredivisie in Holland seventy-one million. Belgian League ninety-three point two million. So realistically, the Scottish League should be somewhere, in my opinion, around the Norwegian League. If the Greek League's at fifty million pound a year, that's where we should be starting. Yet again, Scottish football has sung itself short. Now, as an Australian who this TV deal doesn't affect me in terms of watching the games because I'll get my games over here anyway, this is a massive issue because if you're going from 48 games or 46 games a season, you're getting 5 million more a year, but now you're getting 60 games a year. Mm-hmm. Those other clubs, if, if you're like... We had it a couple of weeks ago where, you know, we we're playing Ross County and the game wasn't on anywhere. <clears throat> Celtic and Rangers as clubs normally don't go through with a team, their away games aren't shown on TV. They're normally always shown. Mm-hmm. But you look at these other clubs like your Aberdeens, your Hibs, your Hearts, your Ross Counties, your Motherwells, blah, 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 the rest of them. Now, they should be able to do what they do in Spain should have the choice between Spain, they have individual, there's a league one and the clubs can opt into that or you can sell your own rights, your own international rights. Now, with Hearts have got three Australians. Dundee's got two Australians. Celtic's got Australian manager, Australian coach. One of the youth academy coaches is Australian and then you've got Moy in the team. You're going to want to watch those games. St Mirren's got two Australians in the team. It's a big market. These clubs should all be able to sell their their rights down into individually or get more money off the international deals. If you're only going to get 20, 25 to 30 million domestically, you've got to be ramping your money up on what you're getting in because currently on the coefficients, they're the eighth best league in Europe. 
yet you get out of 20 club, 20 leagues, you're the 15th best paid of them. You're, you're not doing yourselves a favour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the, there was, I think it was, oh, I can't remember who it was, but there was one of the media guys in Scotland uh, made an extra point on the, the current Sky deal, which is not that it's, a, it's, even though it says 48 games to be televised, what they have also paid for is for every other game to not be sold. So like, even if we sell 48 games to Sky, uh, Sky have also got a clause in the contract that says we can't sell a single other game. Like, do you mean, let's say there's a Hearts-Hibs game that Sky aren't showing. We couldn't turn around to um, YouTube or Amazon and say, oh, here, give us half a mil to, to you know, stream this today. You know, we'll let the it's English Premiership can do that. They do the Sorry? same with the they do the same with the Bundesliga in Germany. Like they've got their main TV deal, but then say and they've got a certain amount of games, but then the others can be sold off to the others. So like think I've got a friend who's a Werder Bremen fan and she was telling me that yeah, their games last year when they were in the second division, but now they even though they've come up, they've kept the same agreement where the majority of their games, it was not shown on the main channels because they're not a big club. The majority of theirs they can get on their local um What's it called? Amazon Prime or whatever it is. Prime Sports mm-hmm. or whatever. Where you can pay an extra ten, five or ten euro a month and you get like all the league's other games that are all on there. Well, like, mm-hmm. it's just silly because there's a there was a rule back in the day you couldn't have conflicting game kickoffs being shown. Only two leagues in the in Europe still do that. The the EPL and the SPFL. That's it. Oh yeah. The the blackout thing, the three o'clock yeah. blackout. I know that yeah, and that's 26 that's, games, sorry, Sean, before I'll go there. That includes, if you're showing games from League One or the Championship, mm-hmm. it includes them. Yeah, which is a bit silly. But yeah, and, that, and from what I've read, the new deal would also still include that blackout period where they won't show games. It's, it's a bit weird. Stupidity. How are these clubs going to grow? Like, I want Celtic to keep winning. But I want the other clubs to do well. Well, some of them, not all of them. But let's look at it this way. If you're, I don't know, let's say, look at Killy, for instance. How much more money could they make on sponsorship a year if they would have their other games on pitch side sponsor boards? I noticed that at the weekend. They've got pitch side sponsor boards and in the stand, the same deal. Ross County is the same. Motherwell is the same. You can make your money because... You go to guys and say, well, if I'm on TV and I'm only being shown when I'm hosting Rangers or or Celtic, so that'll only be what? Two times a year? Four times a year you'll be on TV? Games at your your home stadium? But if you've got the other outlet where you can have those other games being sold on a pay-per-view basis or on a, to Amazon Prime or to Optus Sports or whatever, then suddenly you can go to your sponsor and say, Look, you're going to get better value for money because it's not just the people in the stadium, the 1,500, the 3,000 people in the stadium that are going to see them every week. Now you're going to have all these potential people on the streaming platforms as well that can see it. So then they can charge a bit more and it brings you more revenue. Well, that's one thing that is in the new deal is that uh, teams can sell up to five home games per year on pay-per-view. So uh, Ross County last week could have switched that Celtic game to blackout would have still applied, so they wouldn't have been able to do it at the time they were playing the game, but they could have switched it to a different time or day and sold it on a pay per view because Sky had chosen not to show it. Um, 
but even that the, the whole point even the blackout itself is still doesn't make sense but not i mean i guess it kind of made sense at one point because they were afraid of fans not showing up for the games because and and i think the kind of argument is like uh people might not go to a Kilmarnock game if uh, Sevco are playing on TV at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like if Kilmarnock are playing like Cali Thistle or whatever, and then Sevco are playing Hearts on TV, then they might not go to the Kilmarnock game, which which is kind of fair. But um, if you're, yeah, I mean, I guess it's for the smaller teams, but then when you're talking about Ross County versus Celtic, that game's not going to be, have its attendance affected by, you know, what time and day that game's been shown, you know? Because let's be honest, if they're not going to turn around and not go to that game, but they would, because of other games on TV, because what are they going to do? You need to be in the stadium watching a game or you can be at a pub watching a game or at home mm-hmm. watching a game. You're going to want to be around like-minded people. Yeah, I mean, so what's what? Rangers fans aren't going to, if you're, if you've got a Motherwell St. Mirren game on, Rangers fans, not that's not going to affect them at all. Mm-hmm. And the fans of those clubs aren't really going to care what Rangers are doing. They're going to want to go watch their team play. Well, I don't know about that for some teams, but um, you know, like there are some teams where they have a kind of split loyalty. Um, but yeah, I think what's more more to the point is things like having like a Celtic Aberdeen game in Pitodre at like Sunday at twelve o'clock when it's just physically there's no trains at that time. So there's just no way to even go to the game unless you're on a supporters bus. You couldn't go. You can either drive or get a supporters bus. There's nothing else. Like that's it. And vice versa. If it's a late game, you can't get back, kind of thing. Uh, and another thing they could concern themselves more with than having a three o'clock backout is actually improving the match day experience to get people to the stadium rather than just saying, "Well, you can either come and watch it or tough luck." You know, it should be no. It shouldn't be that. It should be oh well, come and watch the game because. We've got a great product. We don't have plastic pitches. We have a larger league, which encourages more attacking football because teams are not afraid to lose a game. Uh, the, we can You can have a drink at the game. You can bring your kids and do all this. You know, There's a list of things you could do to improve the match, the experience. So 20's that, plenty, Sean. 20's yeah. plenty as well. Bring fans yeah, in. Exactly, that too. But it feels like we're just being blackmailed. Well, not you and I, but like it feels like fans in Scotland are just being blackmailed into going to games at a Saturday at 3 o'clock. Do you know what I mean? We're being held ransom. Like we got nighttime football over here in the A League, and it's awesome. Like mm-hmm. I, I love going to watch a game during the day. Don't get me wrong, daytime football is awesome, great fun. Because our leagues in the summer, majority of our games run at night. Now that's a spectacle as well. Now imagine if that was an option too. So it wasn't all games were at three pm on a Saturday or three pm on a Sunday or whatever. If you could stagger them out as well, you could do like. AFL or has got something similar, but the NRL over he's got what they call Super Saturday. And they'll have a game, a 3.30 kickoff, a 5.30 kickoff, a 7.30 kickoff. So you've got three games all day. So you've got that on the TV. But at the same time, if you could also, you match day experience, if you did that, so, you know, you're not going to have Celtic and Rangers playing in the same town on the same day. But say if you had a game of Pataudry kicking off at, say, 3 p.m., but then you had a game in Glasgow or in Edinburgh kicking off at 7 p.m., people would be keen oh, to that. People go wild for a Saturday night game, Saturday evening game, so they go nuts for it. Go to the football like, and then you kick on and do what you got to yeah. do the rest of the night. Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, day out, you know, like night out. And the reason I'm saying you can do like the Super Saturday, 
from a TV perspective, they get two games to show. And from a fan's perspective, you're still getting your daytime football. You're still getting your nighttime football. It'd work. It's com- common sense. But anyway, maybe we're seeing it different over here. Yeah. All right. So what we'll do is we'll leave that one there and we'll jump into our Twitter Q&A. So I've got five questions, Sean. Okay. So we'll start with the – let's see what we got here. Okay, so Stoop Kid has said, all good teams need time to mature. Is it time we let this team grow together and enjoy the ride as fans? Um, I mean, they are. are we not, I are think we, that's more like instead it? of selling one player every off-season, ah, right, one player and that, just keep a group together for a few years. That's how I'm, in, that's how I'm interpreting yeah, that. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean... Look, it doesn't feel like anyone's got an impending exit. Uh, and from what I've heard, Celtic are really not entertaining any kind of offers. Whereas in the past, we might have been kind of shopping a player every transfer window. But it does kind of feel like this year we are doing that. If he means beyond next year, I don't know. Because I feel like players have a shelf life at a club. Like when you see what it's happened when we held on to it. Yeah, when we held on to Edward for too long and Cham for too long, you see what happens to these kind of if we'd kept Chris Iyer any longer, it, players do kind of lose motivation after a while. They do need a fresh kind of challenge. So I don't... I can also I can, Sean as well, World Cup here, as you've said numerous times on this podcast, people aren't going to be wanting moves if they don't know what their lay of the land's going to be. Mm-hmm. Look at Juranovic. He's playing first-team regular for Croatia. He's playing as a starting right-back at Celtic. He's going to be playing in the Champions League. That's great lead up for him to get to this World Cup and to be in form ready to go. Why would he move to sit on the bench as a third stringer at Chelsea, which is the current rumour at the moment, or go into that absolute shambles that is Man United at the moment and be their second or third string right back when he can stay with us and start at Champions League level? Like That makes sense for him now. But at the end of the season, if he does well at the World Cup and in the Champions League, let's be realistic. He'll move on. That's his shelf life done at Celtic. That's the Van Dyke two years at a club. Fine. I can live with that. We've got Rolston there. We can, whatever money we bring in, then we reinvest some of it. So that's the sort of thing we're looking at. It's the same with Carter Vickers at the US. If he does well in the Champions League, does well in the um, at the World Cup, he'll probably move on as well. So realistically, we've got to be, we've got to be ready for that. But as Andrew's always said, if someone doesn't want to be at the club, he's not going to keep him. Yeah, look, if, uh, there are several million reasons why these players might go to Chelsea or Man U to sit on the bench. Uh, but as you say, it depends on what their priorities are and what their agents and family are whispering in their ear. And so far, it sounds like they're getting good advice, which is, you know, yep. play your football and, you know, be a big star at Celtic, which is a massive club. And then whatever comes out of that will come out of that naturally. So I've just got a question. You haven't read it yet. So I actually haven't read a couple, three of these questions. I'd read that one and I'd read another one. So I'll go mm-hmm. to one I haven't read from Lum Foy. Is a Yeti injured? Does he train with the squad during the week? Is he just going to hang around or is he going to, or is he open to leaving? That's question number one. What do we think the situation with a Yeti is? Um, I think a Yeti and Julian are very much in the same boat that, 
the club would love to get them out because they're on big wages, but I also feel that they're probably showing up and taking part in training and I guess they're... Cutting the check, basically, collecting a wage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, they're not the first, you know, and they won't be the last. We've had Bobo Baldi do it and other clubs have had well, the Jack Rodwell at Sunderland one was comical. I think he's just been released by whatever A-League club. In it was the at Western season. Sydney last season. He had one new deal and he's just switched switched sides of the city and gone from Western Sydney to the actual Sydney FC. Well, anyway. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's there's like many examples throughout time. And I mean, if you're asking me, would I be forced out if I wasn't getting paid the same? I'd, you know, I'd show up for training, do my doing my time you know it's it's yeah. annoying frustrating for us as fans because we can't improve the squad with that money but he's got a contract yep agree with you on that like i think he should once if he's not injured when he's trained with the squad and he's not even good enough then worst case scenario if he's gonna collect his pay his pay anyway i'd rather us just get him out on loan then so he can yeah. play get him in a shop window for 12 months end of the season this time next year and also, if they contribute twenty percent of his wages or fifty percent of his wages, good. That's some money saved. Mm-hmm. So, I'd I'd be looking at that for a yeti. With Julian, the next question from Mom Voice is: Julian fifth choice centre back or is he the sixth choice centre back? Who would be fifth? So Carter Vickers, Jens, Starfelt, Welsh, Welsh. And who would be? He'd be fifth. Boson Lalo? It'd be him and Boson. Honestly, it'd be fifth and sixth. I mean, I, I, that's a good question, actually. That's like, actually, that's not that's a good point. Um, would Ange, I, th- I think, yeah. Would he put in Julian or Lalo if he was forced to? Hmm. I guess it kind of depends on who we're playing as well. Like, if it was a home game against St. Marin, I would, I would could very well see it being Lalo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'd also be surprised if Julian's still here at the end of the month. His next question here is, a, why does Turnbull move like a one-legged duck? <laughs> um, I think that's refer- referring to the way he kind of turns back on the ball. Uh, Always turns the one way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like Turnbull, actually, I like and I like his touch. I like, I get, and he didn't, have a great game at the weekend and I think that's a lot to do with the ball sticking on the pitch he, he can't really yeah Tom Rogic managed always managed it well but for some reason Turnbull doesn't and yeah I wonder if, I always wonder if there's anything to do with his knee operation and whatever problems he had there like sometimes it can affect your gait when you have something like that what was your boy that played for Brazil was it Garincha whose one leg was longer than the other so he always had like a kind of funny gait and so like nobody else could copy the things he did on the pitch because one leg was like two inches shorter than another one. I can't remember if I'm making that up or not, but it was something like that. Yeah. Now for me with Turnbull, like I look at him and go, I'm I think his game is a ten, but he doesn't have hang on. No, his game yeah, his game's more he wants to play as a ten. But his body is more limited to more like a, a box to box as an eight. I don't think he's mm-hmm. explosive enough to play in Andrew's system in that ten role. Like I think O'Reilly 
is a better option there than him. I think if Callum McGregor played in the 10, he'd be a better option than Turnbull in the 10. If Hatate played in that role in the 10, I don't know. But there's Moy could play in that role, but Moy doesn't have the legs for that anymore, I don't think, in Andrew's system. So realistically, you've got three guys there that are probably more athletically gifted to the way Ange wants his, his team to play in that role than Turnbull is. I don't see Turnbull as a guy who can make a short run press, short run press, short run press and make three or four of them in a row and not be coughing up a lung. Yeah, I'm happy when Turnbull's in the team, but he, he has been a little off form in the, at the start of the season. So I think it might click, but it, you know he's been a brilliant player in the past. So... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Last question, part of Lumfoy's question is, is a back three formation a possibility with the form of our backs? Hmm. Considering we've got six options at centre-back, it could be a possibility, but I don't see Ange changing away from the principles he's been installing at this point in time. I think the last time we used it was away to St. Johnston and at the end of December, and that was related to injuries. Uh, because we didn't have any strikers and fullbacks were injured as well. Um, so I don't see it, to be honest. Because when you look at the way we play, like Moy or McGregor kind of really drop into that middle of the centre-back role anyway when we're in possession. Centre-back split and like dropping in the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't, to be honest, I don't see it. Um, unless we're forced to. And other than that, I can't really think of any other situation where we would... Uh, be required or would want to play a back three unless we need like extra height at set pieces but we're up against some absolute hammer thrower teams like Livingston and we don't put an extra centre back in in those games so I don't see us doing it in any other circumstance Alright next question from James Murphy should Carter Vickers and Jens be the new number one central pairing going forward hopefully we have the option to buy build in for Jens loan apparently we have that option what the mm-hmm. fees don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after two games, pay the money. Yeah. He wants yeah. to be at the club. He's come out after his first game saying, this is where I want to be, a loving life here. Mm-hmm. And he's got his best mate at the club with him, so that's helping him assimilate in. He's doing well. He gives us that size that we haven't had at the back. Mm-hmm. Not to win missing since Julian did his knee. He's ticking a lot of boxes there. Get it done. Realistically, as I said before, Carter Vickers does well in the Champions League and the World Cup. He'll probably move on. So the funds will be coming in anyway. There you go. Get it done. Yeah, I agree. And just kind of actually, just thinking about that, it's actually kind of made me think about the previous question as well. And something that like uh, uh, Rogers, Lennon, uh, kind of even Steve Clark for Scotland's done a few times is playing a back three where the two left and right centre backs are actually full backs. So it's Celtic have done that in the past with Tierney and um I can't remember who was the right back at the time, Lustig. Uh so I didn't actually think about that when I was answering the question previously. So that might be an option too. But I think with having four first choice centre backs, yeah. Carter Vickers and Jens should be the first choice pending injury. And it's harsh on Stephen Welsh, who thought he might get his chance. I mean, I could see him going out on loan, but then we're short one. So it's like, 
I don't know. Depends on for me. It's do we keep Julian to just let him run out his contract and put well shed on loan? Will we get? Will that be a better long term option for us? I mean, we're not going to get we're not going to get the money much money back if we uh was to sell Julian. So yeah, I mean, look, Welsh is a good player, but he's going to be better if he plays fifty games this year. So I don't know. I don't know what to do there, man. Like, do you sign another loan player and send Welsh out on loan at the same time? I don't know. Who knows, to be honest with you. So, two last questions. Uh, what do we got here? Craven Moorcock on YouTube. I, I like to say it. Will the squad remain together next transfer window? Should the good results continue? That's similar to the first one. So, mm-hmm. next transfer window. So, is that... Do you think they're talking about next winter or do you think they're talking about in like the winter window or next summer? It's a hard one to predict because of the World Cup. So normally like you get this kind of spending frenzy after the World Cup. So I could certainly see that happening this January, in which case the answer to the question would be uh, no, the squad will not stay together uh, because a few of the players will have a good World Cup and we'll get some bids in as a result of that. Um yeah, I could see that happening in January. I could see one or two leaving in January. Other other than that, yeah, it could be even then that whether they leave in January or not, the interest could begin and just get set up for a summer transfer between January and when it opens in June. I always find the transfer window after a World Cup really funny because you get some strange transfers. Like, mm-hmm. remember, was it El Hajj Juf was doing nothing yeah. and then suddenly ended up at Liverpool? Yep. And you're like, where did that come from? And then for us, after the one of the last, I think the last World Cup, we ended up going and signing Christian Gamboa. That's right. Or after, and yeah. That was one where we were like, do we really need him at that point? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just look at stuff like that and go, those transfers after a World Cup, I always find them a little odd. But oh, who knows? Angel, do we scouting? You'll have... um. Was it Mark Law Warwell will be in by then? And yeah, we'll have our setup going. So we'll identify players, we'll check them out, but hope to keep this squad together as long as possible just because it's so likable. As I've said numerous times, like very likable squad we've got. Not many dickheads, if any. The only two I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting on the list would be a Yeti and Julian because I want them at the club. But other than that, like, yeah, I want to keep them as long as possible. Last question, nearly D. Players need more protection from referees. We're getting hacked all the time and losing players through injury. What can the club do to express their concerns to the league? Hmm. Um, I'll go first, Sean. Give you some thinking time. Mm-hmm. We've got two options. We find a weekend where Bruni's team's not playing, sign him up for a one-off in time to just go out there and injure as many players as you possibly can for opposition teams to send a message. Or we just have to do the the correct thing, which will be put together a list of tackles that injured our players or things that should have been called, and then other tackles that weren't that were called, carded, pulled up, whatever, and go. What's the difference here? I actually think you're kind of giving the SFA more credit than they deserve for they won't, they won't do anything even if we do that Sean yeah but that's what I meant process, we have to at least be seen to be doing something 
But it's a cultural thing that needs to be addressed rather than uh, a governing body thing that needs to be addressed. Because <clears throat> did you see what happened to Graham Souness uh, this week? No. So he was, uh, was it Chelsea Tottenham at the weekend or something? Yeah. And anyway, he came out after the game and was like, oh yeah, it was classic football, like a man's game and all the crap, you know, allowed to, players allowed to do, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Anyway, he is getting slaughtered for that. Like he is getting dragged over the coals. And I'm like, well, if he'd said that in Scotland, he'd be celebrated. So it's very much a, a cultural thing. Like in Scotland, we'd still celebrate that uh, aspect of the game where, you know, uh, suck it up if you get hit hard, even if it's, you know, oh, I won the, won the ball kind of thing. You know, go through a guy from behind two-footed, got the ball ref, but that sort of stuff still happens in Scotland. And um, so it's much more of a cultural... The governing body could, if they wanted to, take a lead on it, but I think the only reason they would ever take the lead on it is if there was money on the line. Like if a commercial partner said, we'll give you more money if... Uh, players stop kicking the shit at each other. And, you know, like, if the brand, the product improves because players are allowed to play football, then maybe, in that case, the governing body would take the lead on it. But other than that, it's more of an ingrained cultural thing in Scotland, I think. There we go. I can't add anything further to that, Sean. I'll just be like, mm-hmm, spot on. <laughs> so, on the weekend, we're playing Hearts on Sunday. Uh what are you looking forward to for the game? Well, I'll be in Scotland. Uh, so if anyone's listening and has a spare ticket, give me a shout. Because that game sold out in like an hour, so I couldn't get a ticket. Uh, but I'd love to go to a game uh, while I'm back over. And the the Celtic Sevco game is on the same day as my brother's wedding, so I won't be going to that. Um, but yeah, if anyone's listening, got a spare ticket for the Hearts game, please give me a shout. Uh, two tickets. At Sean Dananda on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, slide into my DMs. Um, I don't think anyone's ever sent me a DM on Twitter. Is that is that a thing? Can is mine switched on? I don't know how to check. Um, yeah, just tag me. But yeah, um, I think uh, Hearts have started reasonably well, and I hope Hearts do well in Europe. Uh, it'd be nice to. They'll probably they probably top four, uh, probably for third this year, uh, and hopefully they get some coefficient points in Europe, but obviously I still hope we spank them. And the form we're in, despite them being in good form, with it being a home game, I could see us giving them a, a bit of a feel up at the weekend. Uh, I think it could be 3-0, but uh, 3-0 going on 6, if you know the kind of game I mean. That's it, I'm calling 10-0. Ten- <laughs> I'm going to bring that joke back, Sean. I'm going to recycle it till it happens. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah, Hearts, they tend to do well when they're playing in their games or in smaller pitches. You get them out in the wide-open spaces at Celtic Park and with our speed and the and the press and how hard we go, I look at it and go, mm, they may be able to do their job for 60 minutes, but I don't think they'll be able to do it what they normally would do for a full 90 against us on that pitch. So I'd be happy. You know, I'm thinking 2-0, two, 3-0 two realistically, but... As you said, if it could be six nil, could be more. I just three points is the most important thing. Yeah. That's Who's Sevco Sev got at the weekend? Are they going to drop points? No, I don't know. I haven't even looked. <laughs> yeah, I need a run. I don't even pay attention to them, to be honest, at this point in the season. Well, yeah, I've not. I've literally not watched the game they've played yet, so I don't know if they're playing well or not. Um, 
Nightcore they're Heaps. playing Hibs away on, I'm guessing, on Sunday as well because they no way uh, Saturday. Saturday, early game on Saturday. Uh, oh, come on, the Yep, I'll be flying. Come so, on. come on, you boys in green. Might land interesting result. Yep. All right. So, if Sean manages to get to the game over there, everyone listening in, and you see him with the soaked in under flag, go and harass him. Go say good day. Get a get a picture with him with the flag. You know, you really want to. And um, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in again. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast via your podcast app on YouTube. Hit like, subscribe, hit the notification <laughs> bell, do all the good stuff. I'll Hashtag the get Sean to hearts. And um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thanks again. <laughs> In final thoughts, Sean, other than you want a ticket for the game, the hearts game? Uh, not really. To be honest, Scotland did well at the Commonwealth Games. That's they finished sixth in the table, actually fifth in terms of total medals won. So that was quite good to see. Yeah. I just want to give a, my final thought is a shout out to Liam and his missus. Get better. They're in a little car accident mm. yesterday. So they're in my thoughts. Just, uh, yeah, hope you're all, all right over there. And, um, yeah, other than that, hail, hail, everyone. Hail, hail.